Arena, Oxford's definition. A level area surrounded by seats for spectators in which sports and other events are held. Fancy, eh? This is The Arena with Dave McIver and Joe McFarland on 770-CHQR. I have a few stats for you, Dave, that I'd like to rifle by him. Hit me with them, Joe. I, I know. First off, let me give this proviso is I know we said in the beginning that we wouldn't get into the stats. We're beyond the scoreboard. <laughs> this is beyond the scoreboard. Trust me, we're not going to dive into, you know, who's got most goals and assists. No, none of that. So I was looking around and hockey in particular, and these numbers are from Hockey Canada. One in 4,000 kids make it to the show. Canadian kids. Wow. So to break that down by percentages, it's 0.0025%. I was thinking, okay, let's go beyond hockey. Let's talk about the big four. So football, and this is all American. This the, These upcoming numbers are from the Norwich City School District, a report that they did. I Googled it. Uh, the Google helped me on this one. Love the Google. So with football, the chances of a high school athlete going to college to play high school or to play college football is 5.8%. To go from NCAA to be drafted to the NFL, not, not withstanding making it to the NFL, just being drafted is 2.0%. So your chances of going from high school to being drafted into the NFL are 0.9%. And the report actually went into what that chance is like mathematically. So that's equal to the chance you have of having an IQ over 150. <laughs> Interesting stuff. Hooped on both sides. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I am not point of the part of the one percent. Uh, baseball, high school NCAA five point six percent. NCAA to Major League Baseball is a little higher because they have seven thousand rounds of the MLB draft is ten point five percent. High school to being drafted to Major League Baseball is 05 percent. And they actually did some number crunching as well and found out that high school to actually making it to Major League Baseball is 0.015% or the chance of a thief guessing your pin on the first guess. So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) (laughs) One more for you. Basketball. High school to NCAA is 2.9%. NCAA to being drafted in the NBA is 1.3%. And high school kid to be drafted to the NBA is is 0.03%, or it's like drawing four of a kind in your opening hand in poker. Basically, your name has to be LeBron James or Kobe Bryant, and I know there's been others, but uh, those are the two most prominent ones to make it out of high school to college. But it kind of gets us to where we're wanting to go with these stats, Joe, is I bet you a lot of these athletes who are trying to make pro sports teams, even making college teams, didn't have a plan B. Mm -hmm. And a plan B is basically what what 98% of these guys are going to need, guys and gals are going to need, because chances are you're not going to play professional sports. Yeah, and, and that's the big thing here. And, and we alluded to this a couple of weeks ago when we had our last uh, last show, was sort of the idea that you need to start diversifying because you can't be just a one-sport star at the end of the day because there are those factors that weigh in on stuff like, I don't know, burnout, You know, how many times, and and I'm going to reiterate a story that I did share, but uh, I actually touched base with with the young lad again. I I won't name him because he didn't want to do an interview, so I'll I'll give him that. But uh, when I was working in another market in the Western Hockey League, this kid got traded from one market to that market. uh, And the coach at the time kind of gave him, okay, go home for a while. 
and no one really understood what the story was behind why you're being allowed to go home. But you hear the story about how you need a change of scenery and especially in junior hockey and and in the, in the younger ranks. And then it kind of came out through that story that he was burning out. He had had enough and wasn't really loving the game anymore. And he ended up coming back uh, about a month later and he was rejuvenated. He ended up, uh, finishing the year strong. The next season, he ended up being captain of the team. He went on to a very prolific uh, post-secondary hockey career and where he became one of the nation's top athlete academic students. Uh, and he, he's from Calgary, and he actually uh, he works here now. He doesn't play hockey. Uh, he was actually an NHL uh, he ended up with a, a tryout, I think, with, with one of the big teams. I think it was Philadelphia at the time. Um, and, and he was turning some heads, but it was just one of those things where you, you fall out of love with the game. And if you're constantly being pushed to do things, and especially in today's day and age where it's less about, you know, playing hockey in the, in the winter and baseball in the summer or whatever the case may be, now, all of a sudden, you've got hockey 24-7, 365 because you got power skating and dry land training and all this other stuff that goes along with it. And you've been in that in that situation where it's like, I got to go, go, go. It was, uh, you know, I played hockey every day. It felt like uh, from 15 to 17, you know, played midget 15s and then, you know, played two years of midget AAA. And by the end of my 17-year-old year, I had been the captain that year. I'd been dealing with, uh, you know, some coach player stuff off the ice. And by the end of that year, I was just done. I was like, I don't want to play hockey next year. But, of course, you've already signed a junior A card to go try out there. And uh, they're expecting you to come into camp in the fall in shape, ready to go. And like you said, I, I just could not find the passion to even go to the gym that summer. You know, it wasn't because I was lazy. I worked out, you know, summers before that with personal trainers. It was the fact that I just had no passion to uh, be, you know, back in that situation in a locker room. You know, I knew I probably wasn't going to be the captain of a junior A team the next year you know I wasn't going to be the captain but it was still just that mental wear down on myself that was like I just can't I just don't want to go and do that today because you know this is what it's going to lead and I don't want to go through that again eventually came around found my way uh something reignited my passion for the game but it took you know five or six months and uh you know I think what we're gonna you know talk about today uh, you know, having a plan B and athlete burnout, I think you can see how they intertwine as well. Um, you know, having a plan B can sometimes help with that athlete burnout because, you know, take a little bit of time away from the sport to focus on that, you know, secondary plan and you don't uh, get that burnout because you're not focused on that sport so much. Well, and, and you get to have fun at the end of the day, right? Like that's what we're trying to teach our kids in the younger ranks now. And you're starting to see, as we talked uh, a couple of weeks ago about how you can you can play both sports or you can play a bunch of sports or you can do sports and uh, academics. And it actually allows you to kind of go and have something to look forward to. Well, yeah, you can play one sport, but in your free time, you don't have to be focused on that one sport. You can, you know, go throw the ball around with your buddies or kick the ball around, do whatever. And it's interesting in that sense is that there's such a, a focus, I think, on sports when you're just a one-sport athlete is – and the the – the focus seems to be coming from all angles too. The pressure comes from all different angles. It's not just parents, it's coaches. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's, it's from everybody who thinks, Hey, this kid is good. He's got a shot. He's got a shot. And it's almost that 
hinging on that uh, thought process of that's a big fish in the little pond. And suddenly, all of a sudden, the kid isn't doing as well because they're starting to realize that, hey, they're not the big fish anymore. They're the little fish. And the pond has become much, much bigger. And then you start to wonder about some of the, you know, there's some of the catchphrases that you hear in the sports world about, uh, he's just he's just going through the motions, right? Like things like that. And that, I think, is what kind of creates that is when you're going through the motions, it's like, okay, I'm, I know I've got to go through this. It's not an excitement for the game. It's got to get a job done because this is my job at the end of the day. And, and you wonder why, and fans are bad for this, right? Is, oh, how can you not be having fun? You're playing a game for your career. Well, when you've been doing it for 24-7, 365 for 18 years of your life, by the age of 19, it's no longer fun. And that's a big problem that I think uh, I, I, it'll be interesting to talk to our guests about how to fix it. And also, we're going to have an interesting conversation with a young lad who uh, is finding a greener pasture as well. That's the focus of today's show. We're going to talk a little bit about having a plan B as an athlete. We're going to talk to former Calgary Stamp- So weird to say that. <laughs> so it is weird. Former Calgary Stampede quarterback Andrew Buckley heading off to the medical school at the U of C. And we're also going to talk to Dr. Patrick Keelan, who's a registered psychologist, sports psychologist. He'll give us an idea of athlete burnout how it happens how to get out of it how to avoid it two great guests today joe looking forward to chatting with them both absolutely in case you missed it this is the arena i'm joe mcfarland i'm dave mciver this is 770 chqr and wherever you find your favorite podcasts you're listening to the arena with dave and joe on 770 chqr Welcome back to the arena. Yes, you are listening to Dave McIver and Joe McFarland. We are uh, quite interested in our next topic. It's going to deal with athlete burnout, something that I went through, something that I know other people I played sports with went through, and it's something that we're seeing more and more kind of in relation to our last topic last weekend, Joe, or two weekends ago uh, with uh, specialization in sports. Mm, Yeah, and and it's interesting in a sense is, I get the feeling that with all the the high profile topics about concussions, about you know what happens after an athlete is done. I, I know seeing, uh, I think it was a post from Randy Chevrier actually on Facebook. You you mentioned about you know how it's good to have sort of this backup plan in place, and he's a firefighter. He's getting to become a firefighter now. Um, he's talked about sort of the need to come up with that plan B, but also know at the end of the day that you have to put your best foot forward and you have to be mentally there. You have to be able to kind of keep everything rolling in your head so that you don't necessarily go one track mind all the time. Well, it's, it's, it's such a balance, right? Because, you know, you're trying to become the best, uh, best athlete in your sport, but you can become burnt out doing so if you don't take enough time off. But if you take too much time off, you detri- you, you, you're detrimental to yourself in maybe not being the best athlete in that sport or the best to your capabilities in that sport. And I think our next guest is going to be able to articulate that point to a T. His name is Dr. Patrick Keelan. He's a registered psychologist, a private psychologist here in Calgary area. Uh, doctor, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to be with you. I guess first off, the the discussion that we've been having over the last little while has been about uh, burnout amongst athletes, and it's something that I'm sure someone who kind of deals with the mindset of athletes uh, sees on a fairly regular basis. Uh, give us some of the thought your thoughts on on what you've seen uh, in in your industry. 
Well, I work with uh, athletes and also non-athletes, and burnout can apply to uh, uh, both athletic and non-athletic situations. So I will often have uh, clients who uh, become burned out through uh, work and also athletes who get burned out through uh, overtraining and overcompetition in their sport. Um, even though the dynamics of the burnout uh, play themselves out somewhat differently in the work and the athletic situations, uh, many of the symptoms and the causes and the strategies to address the burnout uh, would be very, they'd be very similar in the athletic and work situations. Dr. Keelan, what are some of those, uh, you know, symptoms you see in young athletes who are, are, are becoming burnt out? Well, there'd be uh, three main symptoms. Uh, one is uh, physical and emotional exhaustion. Uh, so because of uh, too much training, too much competition, too much stress, uh, the athlete becomes very physically and emotionally tired, fatigued, exhausted. Uh, there's also a uh, symptom involving uh, reduced uh, accomplishment. Uh, that can be uh, uh, because of the overtraining and being too tired, uh, their uh, success uh, decreases. They're not able to do the things that they used to be able to do as easily. Uh, they have the sense that they cannot perform up to their potential, uh, which is very stressful and uh, depressing for them. And then the other main symptom would be uh, a negative view uh, of their sport. Uh, so thoughts uh, like, I'm sick, and do- sick of doing this. Uh, I'm not. I don't care about playing anymore. It's not just fun. Just not fun anymore. Uh, I w- it's interesting in that regard. I was uh, before this interview. I was uh, uh, just uh, scanning the internet for examples of pro athletes uh, to whom burnout uh, has been relevant, and I was just curious about uh, Michael Jordan when he retired from basketball temporarily and went on to play baseball. And uh, I have the quote from him that he said, uh, basketball is just not fun anymore. That was one of the things which led him to quit at that time. So that uh, that sounded to me like one of the key factors uh, of burnout, which led a great player like him to uh, abandon his sport temporarily. Do you get the sense, Doctor, that uh, because training has become sort of a year-round venture, that that's playing a bigger role in how athletes are dealing with their sports now and and how they're dealing with the mindset is that they're not able to kind of hit the refresh button at all because every sport has become sort of a 24-7, 365 uh, aspect of things? Uh, Yes, I agree. I think that's a big uh, factor. Uh, It's uh, uh, the year-round training can play into one of the big causes of burnout, which is being overloaded. So if you're training year-round, you don't get a chance to step away from it and, and rejuvenate, refresh, uh, 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 relax, and uh, get your emotional batteries and physical batteries recharged, so to speak. Uh, also, the training year-round and the focus on your sport to the exclusion of other things in your life uh, can uh, lead to uh, uh, being overstressed by the obsessive focus on your sport, lack of balance in your life. And uh, it can also play into the notion of uh, uh, individual factors that create burnout, uh, which can often uh, be associated with uh, linking uh, your uh, sport uh, as the main factor in your self-esteem and your identity. And if you are uh, focusing your sport 24-7, so to speak, throughout the year, not, not getting breaks, uh, it can... Uh, it can uh, 
uh, play into burnout, certainly. So it's, uh, on the one hand, it does make sense that you do need from an athletic performance perspective to be uh, uh, training very hard and devote yourself to it. Uh, But there's that fine line there, I believe, between uh, putting in enough effort to uh, succeed but going too far such that if you don't recover enough, uh, that will actually be detrimental to your performance and ultimately uh, many times lead you to step away from the sport. When I was uh, 17, Dr. Keelan, I, I went through this burnout phase uh, playing hockey. I was playing high-level competitive hockey, uh, and I just got sick of it. And uh, I wasn't training in the off-season because I had no ambition to train in the off-season, and uh, I, I really just didn't really want to play that next year. Eventually came around and got to it, but what would your advice be to an athlete who is just burnt out and exhausted and you know thinking maybe, I don't really want to do this anymore? Well, I mean, I think uh, the first piece of advice I would have would be uh, uh, when it comes to burnout, it uh, usually develops uh, gradually. And if you can start to catch the signs of burnout developing uh, in the initial stages, like gradually not enjoying your sport more, uh, uh, not enjoying your sport as much as you used to, gradually developing a negative view of the sport, getting more tired, uh, having a negative attitude toward uh, competition training. Uh, if you can catch it in those early stages, you can insert um, uh, strategies to give the person a break from their sport to be able to relax and rejuvenate before it gets to the drastic point that you got to where you felt the need to step away from the sport. Uh, it's kind of interesting in that regard uh, I've done competing in marathons for a number of years, and then I, in my later years, I got into triathlons, including Ironman triathlons, which is a lot of training and competition. And the coach that I had giving me workouts was very on top of burnout. And in fact, he insisted that I have in my schedule uh, a day off each week so I could relax and rejuvenate. He specifically told me that was to prevent burnout. He would build into my schedule, um, In between weeks where we would be bumping up the training, he would insert some easier weeks to relax and rejuvenate. And then at the end of the training cycle and the competition cycle, once I completed the Ironman or competed in it, then I'd get some time off to just step away from the the sport for a bit and uh, relax and do other things, maybe do other sports, that kind of stuff. And that really did keep me fresh uh, throughout the process, even in the heat of the training and even in the... uh, uh, when training with, and competition was uh, quite intense. So I would say biggest advice uh, would be to proactively catch it when it's happening and trying to prevent burnout from uh, occurring in the first place. And then if it has set in, taking a step away f- uh, from the sport to uh, relax and rejuvenate. And then once you uh, uh, feel ready to get back to it uh, in a non-pressured way, slowly start to get back into it if you choose to. Doctor, one final question for you, just based on even your answer right there about, you know, having a coach that's aware, but even uh, amongst the the professional ranks and athletes starting to figure it out, coaches starting to figure it out, are you starting to maybe sense that maybe the tide is turning where, you know, sort of the mental health aspect of things is starting to take over uh, when it comes to not just professional sports, but even amateur sports? Uh, Definitely. I see that with my clients, and I've uh, seen it in uh, 
in the professional ranks as well from uh, from the information that I've gathered. Um, I think it would be uh, very good advice if they're not already doing it for, um, you know, funds permitting, so to speak, to have uh, athletes in amateur or professional situations be able to consult regularly with uh, somebody who is skilled in the psychological uh, uh, aspects of the game so that uh, that person would have uh, the responsibility for making sure that the athletes uh, are not in danger of burning out and can get on it more proactively. Uh, The coaches in these sports, uh, their forte, uh, uh, what they're mainly responsible for is the training and the competition, and they're very skilled at that. Um, to expect them to also be uh, uh, very well-versed in the psychological aspects involving um, uh, averting and uh, preventing burnout, I think that may, in some instances, may be a little bit uh, too much to ask of them. So um, I think uh, to have some other professionals on board who have that psychological expertise would be helpful. Also to support people in the athlete's life uh, people around them, like uh, family, friends, people who can observe them and can notice changes in them, uh, those people can be very helpful in terms of uh, uh, spotting signs of burnout in the athlete and uh, helping them to take steps to uh, prevent it and address it. Dr. Patrick Keelan, great stuff today. Um, great information for not only young athletes, uh, their parents, their families, uh, coaches. Uh, we really appreciate you doing this today. Okay, glad to be in your show. Thank you very much, both of you. We'll be back in a moment with an interview with one of Calgary's fine young athletes who has decided to hang it up at a really young age. Andrew Buckley will be joining us next on the arena here on 770 CHQR, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And you can find us on Twitter as well, at the Arena YYC. This is the Arena with Dave and Joe. And not just any old ordinary Dave or Joe, but Dave McIver and Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Impressive. So quick question for you before we get to our next guest. When did you come up with the plan B? Too late. Too late? <laughs> well, that's a pretty straightforward answer. No, honestly, I, I came up with it too late. I, I thought I was, my, my plan A was to go play pro hockey in Europe. I thought I was going to do it until the day I retired from the game. You're going to have to pry this <laughs> hockey stick out of my cold, dead hands. I grabbed McHugh and I was like, I guess it's done. I guess it's over. But, uh, you know, I eventually, it, it, to be honest, it took me two years after that to figure out what I wanted to do. I, I worked uh, as a laborer for, for full, full time for two years. And uh, I think it's one of the biggest uh, regrets in my life now is not having a plan B. Uh, not that I'm upset to where I'm at, but it's just how late I got started. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's the biggest part about having a plan B. And I think it's going to be very interesting to hear from our next guest. Maybe uh, sport doesn't have to be your plan. It, it can be your plan B and you see what happens. Yeah. And, and that was one of those things that when we were just listening to Dr. Keelan talk about sort of the psychology aspect of things, and you're starting to see coaches and parents and others who are involved in young athletes' lives really start to understand that, hey, I need to intervene in this before it gets to be a problem. And and I'm not trying to throw shade on your parents at all in, in that situation, but it's just an awareness part. It's about, And that's what we're hoping to do with 
the arena here on 770 CHQR. And the amount of times my parents told me that I should have a plan B, I could be a millionaire if I had a dime. <laughs> but honestly, no, it is uh, it is the cool buy-in you're seeing from your parents, coaches, everything. So uh, I think Andrew's going to set it up nicely and uh, he's going to have some great things to say. Yeah, and, and here we are with uh, our next interview, which is, uh, I don't think the guy really needs an introduction at the end of the day, but we have one anyways. Good afternoon, Dave. Roll with a look at 770 CHQR Sports. Former Dino two-year Peter Andrew Buckley has announced his retirement today. The quarterback accepted into medical school at the UFC a couple of weeks ago. I've wanted to do med school since I was a little kid, and uh, both my parents are doctors, so there's a little bit of influence there. You've got them to thank. But it is the top football story of the day as Andrew Buckley announced his retirement from the Calgary Stampeders today, leaving the Stamps in a little bit of a bind. We've had a lot of guys retire, and I'm not sure what I'm doing to piss these guys off but uh, I'm happy for Andrew I really am I mean like I told him it's a win-win for him personally I think he made the right decision it's been an incredible ride you know from the dinos to the stamps and uh, I've just met so many good people and had the experience of a lifetime and I feel so so lucky to be a part of it he's gonna go on the right side of the line he's got room 15 takes it outside 10-5 touchdown dinos Andrew Buckley Andrew Buckley, weird to kind of say this, but former Calgary Stampeders quarterback. Uh, welcome to the program. I wanted to start this conversation off by talking about your decision to retire. You're a little young to use that word, um, <laughs> but just kind of walk us through sort of your decision process and how long this has sort of been rolling around in your mind. Yeah, for sure. Uh certainly not an easy decision to uh, retire and leave the CFL. You know, it's been one of the hardest choices I've ever had to make, but uh, something that's been a long time in the making. Um, I have been applying to the UFC Medical School now since I think 2014 was my first year applying. Um, so it's something I've been after for a while, and I put in the application, uh, which opened up in July of this year, uh, put in the application, waited almost a full year, 10 months, and then went through the interview process. And I, once I got the acceptance letter, uh, that's when I really had to make the tough choice of, uh, you know, do I go ahead and retire from the CFL or, uh, you know, maybe decline this acceptance, try and reapply another year and get in. Um, but, you know, I eventually elected to retire from the CFL and pursue medicine. So really, really tough choice. But weighing the pros and cons, I think this is the best choice long term. Was this something as you were kind of conjuring up throughout your career, even in university, was it always sort of doctor first, football second? As weird as that sounds, was that sort of the mindset going into it? Yeah, no, that was 100% what it was for me because uh, playing university football, that was just always a labor of love and something that I did because I enjoyed being out there, enjoyed being with the team. Um, I never really had ambition to play pro football, uh, just given – you know, playing quarterback, I didn't really think it was possible. But into my fourth and fifth year of university, I kind of realized that it might be a shot. And so I kind of sat in the back of my mind. But, you know, during the first uh, four years of my university, it was always uh, keep my grades up, do lots of volunteer stuff, trying to uh, end game, become a doctor. And I thought that would have been after university. But, uh, you know, I was very lucky to get the opportunity to uh, try out and make the stamp years. And so that kind of got in the way of the medical career really so was there ever was there ever a time when you were when you were playing Andrew that you thought you know maybe I'll keep this going for a little while and uh, I'll put medical school off 
Yeah, there was. And uh, like I got to say, the, the lifestyle of a pro athlete is uh, something that is hard to walk away from because you're surrounded with like-minded people that are, uh, you know, you're working with every day. You get to work out in the off season. Uh, in the CFL, you get basically five and a half months off, which I don't know many other jobs that can do that. So <laughs> it, it is really, really hard to walk away from the pro lifestyle because, uh, you know, it's just such a fun job to be a part of. Um, and so, you know, doing that was just like, why not keep it going for a few more years? But, uh, you know, eventually medicine was just pulling me, pulling me the other way and I felt like it was time to go. Was there ever a time when you kind of con- thought about that I guess the thing over football in particular is is the concussions and the injuries. Yeah. And did that ever factor into sort of your mindset as well that, hey, you know what, it's one hit and all of a sudden it puts everything for a bit of a loop? Yeah, no, that's that's definitely a big issue with football and especially pertinent right now. Um, for me, I've always been extremely lucky to, uh, you know, be fairly healthy over my football career. So uh, it wasn't a huge factor in my decision-making process, but – now that I am out, I realize how lucky I am to be out and be healthy, uh, you know, have both knees intact, have a uh, basically concussion-free football history. So, uh, you know, not a huge part of the decision-making process, but now that I'm out, I feel so lucky that, uh, you know, I'm completely intact, where a lot of guys don't have that luxury. Well, and you talk about, you know, the other guys and, you know, maybe they didn't have, you know, something to fall back on like you did, Andrew, but when did when you were growing up was, was football plan A and doctor was plan B or was doctor plan A and, and football was kind of plan B and it fell into place. <laughs> yeah. I was probably the, uh, the weird kid who had things backwards. That, <laughs> you know, maybe didn't dream of being a pro athlete growing up. I was, uh, dreaming, you know, looking at my parents who are both physicians. Uh, so I was always looking up to them and wanted to be a doctor basically for as long as I can remember. Uh, and then the door to pro football opened and I kind of fell into that. So, I might have been a little backwards in that sense where it was always, uh, you know, how can I, how can I, you know, become a better doctor one day down the line? And so, uh, you know, I think football is just going to add to that experience now. It's funny that you talk about the sort of the being backwards from everybody else. Does that open up the conversation in the locker room? Um, and I, I use the example of you might be looking across the way at a guy who thinks only about his sport and doesn't think yeah. about the backup plan were those conversations ever had uh, that you were a part of, whether it be in the dinos, uh, in the dinos room or in the stamps room? Yeah, it's definitely things that uh, get talked about. And life after football is a big topic uh, in the locker room. Uh, and I felt lucky that I had many doors open for myself um, where, you know, some guys it's football or bust. And uh, that's kind of all they've wanted to achieve, which is great too. I mean, the the people in that locker room are a very special group of people and uh, one that I think I'm really lucky to have been around. And they're all, uh, you know, obviously high-achieving people. To make it uh, to pro football is no easy task. So uh, kudos to those guys. But at some point, football does come to an end. So uh, for me, it was always just encouraging teammates to, uh, you know, put that stock in the college education that you have the opportunity to get. And, uh, you know, football is such a fleeting moments in our lives that you do have to have a backup plan do you or is the cfl you know you see in other leagues the nhl you know dan carcillo's kind of getting involved and helping guys out after uh hockey's over you know the nfl they bring in guys uh, you know kind of teach them how to manage their money right at the beginning of their careers is the cfl doing you know anything to help guys out after football or are guys kind of on their own 
Um, you know, it's a bit of both. And I, I got to give a lot of credit to the staff because they've uh, held many seminars for us about financial education, about uh, post-football work. Uh, they do a good job of trying to uh, usher guys into the next phase of their life. And so uh, I don't know about other teams, but I know the Stamps are doing a really good job. Um, and whether that's coming from the league or the team, I don't exactly know. But, yeah, there is uh, help from the team, and it's you know just whether guys choose to utilize it. How important is it, Andrew, when you look back or, you know, 10 years down the road for you to be able to look back and say, I made the right decision, but I also got to have a little bit of fun at the end of the day and really got to kind of live life to the fullest, having those options available. Yeah, that's been huge for me and uh, something that, uh, you know, I'm going to find some comfort in my later years. I think when just being able to look back and say, you know what, I did it. I made a roster. I got to play in some games. Uh, that'll, it'll always be one of the highlights of my life, uh, suiting up on game day, wearing the red and white. And it, uh, it really has made my life experience that much richer. And so these two years that I've been with the stamps, I, uh, can't say enough good things and just too many good memories I'm taking away from it. Finally, Andrew, uh, what would your message be to a, a 14, 15 year old kid who wants to go, you know, to the pros? That's the only thing on their mind. Uh, what would your message be uh, to one of those athletes? Um, I think I would just say, if you want to go pro, absolutely do that. Put in a hundred percent of yourself into doing that, but you also need to realize that pro football, even if you do make it, it's not going to last forever. And so, being able to, you know, spend your, your time when you're not on the field or practicing or in the weight room, whatever, you know, go put that extra effort into, you know, crushing your science homework or your math homework. And uh, it's all those little investments that you make in yourself that's going to pay off in the long run because being able to, uh, you know, increase your skill set and just open more doors in the future is nothing but a good thing. So I'd say go for it, but keep a backup plan. Andrew Buckley, former Calgary Stampeders quarterback, former uh, UFC Dinos quarterbacking great. Thank you so much for the insight today. It's a great pleasure to have you on the program. Uh, and best of luck in all your studies. Thank you very much. It's going to be some uh, long nights in the library, but thanks for having me. I'm Dave McIver. He's Joe McFarland, And we will be right back with the arena on 770 CHQR. Here's Dave McIver and Joe McFarland. And you're listening to The Arena with, you guessed it, Dave and Joe on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to The Arena on 770-CHQR. I am Dave McIver. He is Joe McFarland, uh, wrapping up the final segment of The Arena on this uh, weekend day. And it's been a very interesting show. Uh, before we get into what we did uh, talk about today, I do want to uh, do a little shameless self-promotion. Uh, we, we do want uh, feedback on Twitter, uh, at the Arena YYC. Uh, we, we would love to hear from you what you think of the show, what kind of topics you want to hear. Uh, we had Malcolm uh, tweet in uh, uh, at us this week saying he wants to talk a little bit about... Uh, um, uh, F1, F1, I think. Let me just his, look this the, up here. What's the kid's name? Uh, Stroll. I don't know. Lance Stroll. Yeah. Um, anyways, I'll go back. And he said, yeah, he said, any discussion on the upcoming F1 race in Montreal? There's not enough discussion about F1. There really isn't. And uh, I'm sure we could get our pal Dave Rowe to come in one day and talk about a little, you know, that's a guy who Absolutely. knows a little bit about, uh, about driving, but uh, no, we do want to get your feedback and uh, we do want to know what you think of the show uh, topics and all sorts of that fun stuff. I thought the topics today, uh, really interesting. Holy mm-hmm. man, Andrew Buckley just kind of laying it down there. The coolest thing I thought Andrew Buckley said was, you know, I never had this 
plan A to be a professional sports star or anything like that. It kind of just fell into place. And I think that's a solid message to a lot of young athletes out there is if you're talented enough, somebody will find you. It's about having that other plan just in case somebody doesn't. Yeah, and, and the interesting thing I, I found in both interviews is the fact that this is a discussion that is going to continue for a long time. And so if you're sitting out there driving whatever you're doing while you're listening to this show, if you're sitting there thinking my little Johnny or Jill is going to be the next big star and I'm going to push them as hard as you can, absolutely, we're not saying don't do it, but you better make sure that if the skill set isn't there, that they're not sitting there twiddling their thumbs when things go sideways. Because well, that's the big, I think that's the biggest issue when we talk about the not just the burnout, but also the after the athlete thing comes up. As I mentioned with, with Chevy, that was part of his message too, was, you know what, after life in football, some guys just sit there and go, I don't know what to do. Right? Like that, there's that that question mark and you kind of get lost in your own self-loathing. I think Dr. Keelan really touched on that as well as, you know, you can use that plan B to get away from burning out in the sport. If your plan B is, you know, you love to do math or you, you love to play soccer instead of football, go do that for a little bit. You know, you're still working on yourself. You're still becoming a better uh, athlete in person, but you're just taking a little bit of time away. You're taking a little bit of that pressure off. You're taking a little bit of that mindset away from that focus. And uh, it's kind of neat how both of those two things intertwine. Yeah. And I think the other part of it too, is it's not just the athlete, right? Like there's, there's gotta be more of a, of an acknowledgement amongst coaches, amongst parents, amongst officials to realize that, hey, the kid, and, and I think there's a bit of a, a problem with the mindset as it's been the last little while in terms of, especially you see some high-profile injuries where it's, uh, it was an off-field incident, right? And it's, oh, so-and-so football player, hockey player, whatever, playing hoops out in the back court, you know, jumps up to, for a layup, rolls his ankle, busts it, whatever the case may be, and all of a sudden it's, you better not do that again, and I think that there is that there, and I don't necessarily blame coaches and and managers and that kind of thing in particular for wanting to be looking out for their best interests. But especially at anything below the age of you know eighteen, you better be okay with that idea because suddenly if they don't have that freedom, they're gonna come. It's gonna come back and bite you. Well, I think a big thing for coaches too, having been a you know coach of a Bantam AA hockey team in this city in past years, is you need to find that balance between yourself and the player as well. Because you know that coach, more often than not, just the head coach is looking to become a coach as a career in life. You know, he still does have to look out for himself a little bit. And we're not mm-hmm. saying you can't, but you do got to remember that that athlete who you know may not make it anywhere in that sport doesn't need to be hating that sport by the time they're, you know, 18 years old. And I think the cool part too is you got to play sort of to the majority of your athletes as well. And and having been involved with uh, Bantam football here in the city. And one of the the coolest things over the last couple of years is when the Bears team came up out of uh, for their first year and they hadn't won a game all year. And it was amazing to see the progression of those athletes. And yes, they were a B division team. But to see them go from, you know, basically the little giants aspect of things. Yes, I threw that reference out there. If you Wonderful got that reference, reference uh, 
you know, it's, it's absolutely, oh man, I forgot <laughs> okay. all about it. We'll get, Anyways, we'll get lost with the little yeah. giant. <laughs> uh, you get all these kind of, it's a ransack team, you know, Mighty Ducks is another yeah. example, right? And all of a sudden they come together at the right time and they ended up winning their final game. And it was one of those things where they were so excited and you go, and those coaches knew full well that they didn't have an all-star. They may not even have had a player on that team that's going to go on to play university football. But when when they're younger, the whole point should be to develop them. And I think that's part of the issue that comes in when it comes to, you know, we have these we have that joke that goes around whenever Canada doesn't win World Junior Gold is all oh, we need a summit. We need to figure out what's wrong with XYZ aspect, right? Like whether it's goal, goaltending is always what do we need to do different? I love the fact that hockey, for example, is trying to figure out how to be more skill-centered versus skating because when you're a younger kid and you're playing full ice, you're not basing anything off skill. You're doing everything on skating because they're just chasing the puck around. (laughs) It makes me think of uh, the big group that just comes together and everybody falls down. But no, you're right. It's... uh... It's changing, I think, which is nice. And I think you heard Dr. Keelan say it is they are getting the buy-in from, Mm -hmm. you know, all sorts of everybody involved in that athlete's career, including the athlete. Where I I still think there's some room to go, though, is getting that athlete, you know, fully away from that sport. And with with technology nowadays, like I remember Mm -hmm. when I was coaching, you know, kids, okay, yeah, they're not on the ice. They're not playing, per se, but... They're still sitting at home watching YouTube videos of their biggest stars on uh, on YouTube. You know, it's it's tough to get them away from that. But if it's going to help with the burnout, I think it's something that you also got to look into. This has been a great couple of episodes. I think just in terms of sort of continuing that conversation about kind of expanding the horizons and making sure that everybody is uh, sort of on the same page. And I think it's getting there. You know, when you've got major organizations like we alluded to in the last episode. Uh, coming together to talk about doing more than one sport. And you've got people, uh, athletes that are coming forward and talking about mental health. I think that this is a an all-encompassing conversation, and it's been a, a real cool part to be, uh, a real cool aspect of being a part of this show is kind of opening those horizons and expanding further. And we're definitely going to be keeping uh, this conversation going in the, in the weeks and months ahead, or as long as they uh, allow us to keep having this show. I think the important thing too, Joe, is, is nobody's trying to tell anybody what to do with their kid. You know, it's, these are great ideas from, you know, different parts of the sports world that can give people an opportunity, athletes, parents, coaches alike, just an idea of how, you know, this is a, this is a good way to do these things. This is a good way to not get burnt out. This is a good way to enjoy other things. This is a good way to have another career path or life path after maybe the sport you play or your child is playing or the sport you're coaching goes away. And know that there are resources out there to help you out in case you're going down that path that the doctors told you about a little earlier on. Exactly. So that puts a wrap on uh, the latest episode of The Arena here on 770 CHQR. You can find us again on Twitter at The Arena. YYC is the place to go. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time and uh, talking about, actually, now we have to start planning the next episode. Yeah, we had everything all planned up until this time, and I guess... uh... I guess we're actually going to have to uh, sit down and have a meeting this week, Joe. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what? The, the great thing about this is we've, uh, when we first pitched this idea, we had a bunch of different topics. I've still got that list. So there's a lot of great topics out there to be had. And by all means, if you want us to touch on any kind of topic, uh, let us know at the arena YYC. You can find us email-wise at joe.mcfarland at chorusent.com. And Dave is dave.mcciver with an O. 
at Coruscant.com. That's how you get a hold of us. If you want to drop us an email, let us know what you think of the show or if you've got a show topic on in mind. I'm Dave McIver. I'm Joe McFarlane. This has been The Arena on 770 CHQR.